Hello, everybody. This is Shane Douglas Keene, and I am here with Rich Duncan, and we are honored today to be talking to Michelle Garza. I didn't fuck Hello. that name up, did I, Michelle? No, no, you got it right. <laughs> it's funny, usually with Melissa, you know, her last name is Layson, but everyone wants to add an R. They just cannot believe it's not Larson, like, all the fucking time. It's like, <laughs> oh, we're Melissa Larson. She's like, it's Layson. I mean, like... <laughs> Everybody gotcha. like even like she goes and fills out paperwork or whatever somewhere and they're like Miss Larson it's like that's fucking Lason okay it's Lason there's no fucking R in it and see I'm glad I'm glad you came first without her being here because I would have totally massacred her name because I was <laughs> Lason you know like some fucking French name or something. <laughs> we'll say Lason before and that's okay that's okay just don't add the goddamn R. <laughs> I get that. People, I, I've had people call me Shane Keeney, which pisses me <laughs> off. Like, where, where do you get that fucking wife sound from? <laughs> Keeney. I'm Keeney now. What's up, Keeney? So, uh, Rich, how you doing, man? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? I'm back in the old recording studio. Yeah, <laughs> what that translates to, Michelle, is he's in his fucking closet. <laughs> it, hey, it's a walk-in closet, Shane, so. Yeah, see, it's up, damn it. I picture, I picture you all curled up in a tiny coat closet. With <laughs> the telephone and a, and a case of beer. It's just the glow of my laptop screen. So, anyway, um, how are you, Michelle? I'm doing good. Sitting uh, out here in Arizona, waiting for fall to come. Tired uh, of the motherfucking heat. <laughs> I'm sitting out here in Oregon, and I'm fucking tired of fall. You can have it. Can we switch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I don't think I would survive Arizona. Yeah. Not well with the heat. <laughs> it's brutal, but I don't do well with cold. You know, if I live somewhere that snowed, I'd probably fucking die. I'd probably you just find me on the side of the road fucking in an ice cube somewhere. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a fan of cold either, but that Oregon's pretty moderate most of the time. Yeah. Unless you're in the east, eastern Oregon's brutal. My brother um, lives up there. My family actually comes from Arizona. My mom's side, they all come from uh Gila, Arizona. Okay. So that's um, where we buried the old folks there. Okay. <laughs> So you know all about the brutal climates then. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just, I, yeah, shit. It's like stepping into a fucking oven when you walk outside and there's like dust in the air and it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it's a but, nice place to visit when it's when, yes. in the fall. Exactly. <laughs> or if it's wintertime and it's like three foot of snow everywhere else and there's like, you know, obviously no snow here. But yes, it's nice during that time. We don't get a lot of snow either, which is fine because I fucking hate snow. Yeah. Um. So you guys have a lot of exciting stuff going on right now, don't you? Yes, we do. We have two books coming out here at the beginning of October, so <clears throat> we're pretty stoked on those. The first one's Tapitum Lucidum. It's a novel. It's actually the longest book we've written so far. It's like 70, 74,000 words. Wow. Yeah. And uh, then the other one, Isolation, is a novella, which was 
seriously, like the first thing that was ever supposed to be, besides short stories, published by us like five years ago. But, you know, being new kids, we signed a contract with a place that we didn't happen to Google and see that they weren't very good. And uh, they've had it for like a year and a half and never published it. And then that that company went under, but they were bought out by someone else. And we waited like another year. And uh, finally, I just like emailed them like, I just want the rights to my fucking story back. You know, (laughs) I want to send it somewhere else or whatever. So then we held on to it for a while. And we were joking about it one day, and the guys at Sinister Grin were like, hey, we'll just we'll put it out for you. And we're like, fuck, finally, okay. <laughs> so this isolation should have been published like five years ago. That's interesting. I was going to ask you that very thing because we, we talked to uh, Josh Mailerman a couple weeks ago, and he, ta- he talks about the publication order versus writing order of his mm-hmm. books. And it's and it's a vastly different thing. So I was kind of curious if that's the case with a lot of writers. Yeah. And Tapitum Lucidum, like I even seen in my like my Facebook memories or whatever, is like we started writing that like three years ago. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, we want to look like badasses like we just busted out like some badass (laughs) shit like in like really quick and then like it got published and shit. But no. (laughs) So. (laughs) These oh yeah, are... I wrote this yesterday. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I busted out seventy-five thousand words in one day. What's your word count? <laughs> <laughs> How do you guys do that when you, as far as collaboration goes, you like, uh, one of you write something and then send it to the other one, and they continue and then send it back, or is there a different? Yeah, that's that's basically what we do. I mean, we've written together ever since we're little kids, just for fun, you know. So we're used to it. I don't know how. It would work with, you know, if we wrote with other people or whatever. But, yeah, we basically would just, you know, we write an outline first. And then uh, from that outline, like, I'll do the first couple chapters and then she'll do a couple chapters. And then we'll get together and we'll put it all together and read it out loud and make sure it's jiving, you know. And we just go from there. And yeah. Oh, go ahead, Shane. No, go ahead, Rich. I was just going to say I was talking to my fucking muted mic again, so go right ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say it's, we're always interested with collaborations to hear how it goes because even like Shane and I working together with the stuff we have going on, it's just interesting to hear about different things. Like some people, they do like page by page or, you know, chapter by chapter. No, we do a couple chapters each, and I'm usually the one that edits it, so I just kind of, like, you know, keep an eye on making sure everything's flowing properly or things aren't repeated and stuff like that, but we go a couple chapters at a time, and like I said, we work off of an outline. I know a lot of people are pantsers, and they don't go by outlines, but unless it's, like, a short story, if it's, like, novella length or longer, we always have at least a a loose outline of what we want to happen in the story. You know, we give it a little bit of wiggle room or whatever you want to call it. You know, if we want someone to die, we don't necessarily say, like, this guy has to be, like, you know, eaten by rabid dogs. We just, like, say, okay, this motherfucker's going to die. And then, you know, it's kind of a surprise sometimes, like, yeah, what like, happened. 
like Joe Lansdale said, I think just this morning on Twitter for something else I was talking about, he said, let the story dictate the story sometimes. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's exactly it. You know, it's like we want to get from point A to point B, but, you know, whatever exciting shit happens in between can just come from that spark in your brain, you know. Sometimes, like I said, sometimes she's she'll surprise me or sometimes I'll surprise her and we'll just be like, yeah, man, that that's fucking rad. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do that shit. Uh, it seems to work out. You guys have written some pretty killer shit, and I mean that honestly, not just Thanks, kissing your yeah. ass. <laughs> I really appreciate that, you know, because, you know, every writer's haunted by the imposter syndrome or whatever, and every time before you release a book, you get all fucking nervous, like, oh, my God, like, what if people think it sucks? But then you're like, you know what? You can't please everyone, you know? I had a lot of friends in bands, I'd go see them, and some of them, you're just there because they're your homie, you know, and then other ones, it's because you really, really, really like their music, so I support, like, all of my friends, you know what I mean? All of, everyone's in the same boat here, you know what I mean? So I just look at it like, some things I write, people are going to dig, and then some people are going to be like, hey, you know, it's not my thing, and that's okay, you know? And that's actually, that's preferable in our society. It keeps us interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't win them all, you know what I mean? (laughs) You just can't. So, and I know, like, a lot of writers, I think, like, we want to just explore, like, everything in our imaginations, in our brains, whatever pops into it, you know what I mean? So, some things are going to be, like, way more gory than other shit, Or some things, you know, they're just not going to please everyone, but it's cool. You know, if you try to please everyone, it'll just drive you out of your fucking mind, and it's just not worth it. You know, the people you please are happy with it, and that's good enough. That is true. That is true, brother. (laughs) So Rich actually ripped through isolation today. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I confess I only got to 30% because I had to go fucking adult today. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the worst. I had to do that earlier, too. I had to go to the fucking 99-cent store, and I was like, shit, no. Yeah. I don't want to go to shit. We had to do all that shit, too. Go to the grocery store and go do this shit, and it's like I finally get home at 3.30. It's <laughs> like, well, fuck, there's the day. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. <laughs> but So riches are... are uh, isolation expert here um so i kind of uh i'm kind of in the dark a lot except for i i'm finding it interesting it's uh i think for me it's the first thing i've ever read by you guys that's really kind of a ghost story yeah yeah exactly yeah we haven't written like especially like our longer books really a ghost story so this would be like our first even though it was written a long ass time ago (laughs) our first one released i guess it'd just be like a ghost story like interesting your your first ghost story was your first story too only it's like your fifth book exactly oh my god that just tripped me the fuck out (laughs) whoa that's why i thought that was interesting because like shane said I started it early this morning, and I think I wrapped it up a little bit later in the afternoon. 
and I thought it was cool without, you know, spoiling too much of it. Yeah. It had like those elements from some of the other books that I really dig, like the crazy stuff from like Mayan Blue and those who follow. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was interesting that you kind of put your own stamp on it, like some of the elements that we've come to know from your other books. But um, it was also kind of like almost a quiet horror slash like mm-hmm. gothic thing in a way. And yes. I thought that <laughs> contrast was really cool. Awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah. Um, that's what I mean is like, it's so weird. <clears throat> I don't know. I guess other writers feel it too, but it's just like, there's just like so many stories that you want to tell. You know what I mean? That I just feel like we just want to dip our toes in everything before we're dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <clears throat> some gothic horror, some, you know, monsters attack town horror, some straight up splatter punk shit, some quieter stuff. I don't know. I just have, too many things in my brain. I don't know. I can't control all of those, so they all need to come out, and I hope they make people happy. Well, one of the things you just – but all that stuff you just mentioned, in a way, that kind of informs your writing because a lot of your stuff is adjacent, you yeah. know? Like mm-hmm. my Mayan Blue is like a classic horror story, splatterpunk, brutal motherfucker, you know? But it was yeah. not any one thing, really. Right. Yeah, I just I just feel the need to just throw so much shit in the pot, you know, and mix it all together. And see what you got. That's how I cook. Oh well, I like that. <laughs> I can dig it. <laughs> and I was just I was curious too when you guys wrote that book. Did you did you know that's the kind of tone that you wanted to go with for that story, or did it just kind of happen where it was like that balance between those two? It was kind of both. Like, we knew we wanted to kind of go for, like, a gothic feeling, kind of quieter horror. But it, I think we kind of surprised ourselves in the end. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, yeah, this turned out a little better than we were hoping. So, yeah. Just a little bit of both, I think. Yeah, that was cool because, um, like, I was I was going to tell Shane about some of it, but I didn't want to spoil it for him. But yeah. Yeah, there was some really cool stuff in there, and I think people are really going to enjoy it, especially, too, I think October is the perfect time for it. Oh, man, when uh, when Death's Head Press said that they're going to release Tabitum Lucidum and Sinister Grin said they're going to release Isolation is all going to be in October, I was like, yes, fuck yes, because it was like, this is my time of the year, baby. This is when I wake up. This is when I feel alive because everyone in Arizona feels like the walking dead during all summer. You feel like you just want to fucking die. And to me, autumn is like waking up. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to be like a a fucking crazy freak all of autumn. So having our two books released during our favorite time of the year is like, wow, it's like fucking Christmas early for us. Um, yeah, the perfect time of year for horror novels, really, I think. Yeah. Yeah, especially with uh, Tapitum, because I really only know the synopsis, but it says that it kind of centers around Halloween. Um, yes. Is there anything you want to tell people about that book without, you know, getting too deep into it, but maybe a little, like, what inspired you to write that story? Well, um we were just in the mood, really, to write a small town 
under under siege by monsters, basically, you know, but make it our own, put our own twist on it, I guess you'd say, because we, you know, we enjoy reading all kinds of mythology and stories of other monsters and, you know, everything, of course, and it just inspires us. That's what I've said a lot to people when they're like, oh, I have writer's blog. I can't think of anything. I'm like, you know what I do? I like to read mythology and shit like that and just get a you know, just get a picture in my mind of monsters or whatever. And a lot of times that'll spark something, you know. So, <clears throat> you know, me and Melissa were talking about monsters and shit. And we're talking about, uh, she was telling me a story how she read about these things called hide behinds. And it would, like, fuck with the old logger dudes and people would disappear in the forest. And, and it just, like... It just kind of planted a little seed in my brain, and then we just started talking. We're like, okay, let's do this, you know? <clears throat> it was kind of like the same with Mayan Blue. Like, she was watching a TV show, and she called me. She's like, oh, it's so cool, you know? Like, people think maybe the Mayans might have come up here and, you know, settled the United States and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, oh, man, let's write a book about that. But, of course, it had to be brutal and, you know, crazy and shit, because that's what we do. But Tabitum Lucidum <clears throat> for... Unless people look it up, Tabernum Lucidum is basically like eye shine, you know, when you see like a, a creature in the forest, you can see the little glow of their eyes under the moon and stuff. So we're like, oh, man, let's, you know, let's name our book that and let's have, you know, a town basically attacked by a horde of hungry beasts. Yeah, that that sounds <laughs> awesome. And the title, I was I was curious about the title. I didn't know there was like a a name for that. But right. um, when I growing up, my dad lived along the woods, and mm -hmm. there, even though I kind of was used to it, there's nothing really spookier than like when you're walking through the woods and you either hear like weird ass animal noises, oh, yeah. or you see <laughs> those eyes, and you're like. Yeah, even like ear or something. Yeah, you're like get all freaked out. What the fuck's that over there? It's just like the most like, you know, pleasant little creature can become <laughs> yeah. something of nightmares in the dark. <laughs> We've done a lot of camping and stuff. When our parents went on vacation, we didn't go anywhere but the forest, you know. So we'd go to like northern Arizona and we'd camp out and we tell fucking crazy ass ghost stories. That's where really our love of storytelling came from us because our dad would tell ghost stories around the campfire and he had his own that he swore was true and shit, you know? <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. We all have some of those. <laughs> yeah. That's, so. that's really cool. Especially that your dad would do that. My dad did that. And you would think being, you know, a huge horror fan that like I would have loved it, but I'll never forget one time me and him, we went out on this reservoir and he, <laughs> he wrote, we, he rode us out to like this spot where there was nothing but trees and you couldn't see any sign of civilization. And he starts telling me like this crazy story about like this guy who escaped from jail in the area. And <laughs> I got I got so scared. I'll never forget it. And he teases me about it. Like I was probably like 12 and I just like I grabbed this shirt, like his shirt collar. And I'm like, Dad, stop. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of my my oldest brother, because we grew up on two and a half acres so we had like a big, big fucking yard and we had out in the back, we had a campfire ring and, you know, the 
our parents would drink beer and we'd have campfires and stuff. And there was desert all around us. We had like one neighbor, but they were two and a half acres over. And my older brother wanted to invite all of his friends over for his birthday. So my mom and dad, like my brother is like a tough guy, you know, and he's like, oh, you know what? Let's do Bloody Mary around the campfire. And he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to invite all my friends over. So they told my uncle to dress up, like put a bloody sheet on him. (laughs) And he had chains on him and shit. So they started doing Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. And my dad went and turned the fucking porch light off and locked the door. (laughs) And then my uncle, of course, scares the fuck out of all these 13-year-old boys. And they ran up there. And my brother ripped the fucking screen door off (laughs) the back of our house because he was trying to get in the house. And... Yeah, that was yeah. That was probably a, a terrible joke, but my parents laughed about it for fucking years like, "Hey, hey, you remember Bloody Mary?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the things we visit upon our children can be brutal sometimes. <laughs> yes. yes, indeed. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was silent for a while because I discovered that this other piece of software I have if I op- if I open it, it takes over my microphone. So, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, Singing to the void. <laughs> Singing to the void. Yeah. That's like a hallmark of most of our episodes. Is yeah. somebody either forgets to unmute the mic or you know, it's just like talking away from the mic. The the very first time we did this I was on my laptop talking through you know, through using its my built in mic, um, rather than my headphone mic, and uh caught myself at one point in time sitting here talking to my window (laughs) (laughs) because because i move a lot you know because i'm I'm really hyperactive and so i'm sitting here facing my window talking away and i realize oh fuck the microphone's over there (laughs) (laughs) so it's like uh, amateur amateur alert (laughs) and that talks to you know kind of what you were saying about that that imposter syndrome oh yeah we go through that all the time it's like why the fuck do people listen to this shit we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> but you guys are fucking awesome. That's why. Ah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it's kind of interesting to me to awkwardly segue in a different uh, in a different direction. Um, no, I got lost again. It's not a different direction. Um, I was going to talk about Amelia a little bit. Uh-huh. Your character in isolation. The uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Protagonist, um, whatever. She, she's kind of fucked up, isn't she? <laughs> yes, she is. And honestly, we wanted to try to write someone that. I mean, let's face it. Not not every protagonist is going to be like someone that people just love. So we wanted to make her real. You know what I mean? She's addicted. She's kind of a whiny bitch sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. and the themes of the themes of like greed and envy and all that shit start yes. coming in pretty early and right, yeah. So yeah, we were just, I mean, we were kind of just trying to make someone that was flawed, just a regular person, I guess you'd say, <clears throat> you know. And she definitely is a little fucked up because she has her addictions and, you know, like you said, she's only going to Port Rock because she has nowhere else to go. You know, right. right. But there's also that that kind of creates a sense of desperation. And that kind of is really in a way for me is what 
hooked me right out the gate. And you and you kind of start that as your hook a little bit. Like yeah, because, if you want to yeah. have anything in life, you have to fucking go here. Right. Because I think a lot of people like that didn't grow up with, you know, money, like we've made decisions just solely because even if it was fucked up or we didn't necessarily want to do it or whatever, because we didn't have another fucking choice to do it, you know? Yep. So that's where I come from. So I understand exactly what you're talking about there. Um, I mean, I won't, I won't confess to anything I ever did for fuck's sake, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I will say I empathize. (laughs) Yeah. I I won't, I won't comment on what I've done in the statute of limitations. (laughs) 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 I I won't comment on that, but yeah, I mean, you know, seriously though, you know, people, you know, most people in the world, we just grow up yeah. trying to live, just trying to survive, you know, and that's what she's doing, even though she's kind of fucked up at the same time, too. So that's the shitty position she finds herself in. And then it all plays out from there. And yeah, and I can't wait to get to that. It's like Rich earlier, he says, well, should I tell you some salient points that you might want to know going into this? And it's like, fuck no, dude. If you fucking spoil it, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> there is, you know, and I will say there is one part that came from a nightmare that I had for a long time. I've had a, a nightmare for a long time um, about standing on a dark dock, like over the ocean and someone is pulling out from the ocean like this big uh looks like a goblin shark but it's really like big and shit yeah so we, we had to add that in there because i don't even know why i'm terrified of the ocean i know that i'm afraid of deep water <clears throat> i almost drowned a couple times when i was young so i do not like deep water and shit but that's you know one of the personal touches <laughs> we added in there is one of those things is a real life nightmare of mine that and that part is um i literally just read that part probably 15 minutes before rich and i started fucking up our technical stuff (laughs) 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 So, so yeah and and uh and honestly that scared the fuck out of me because i'm terrified of the ocean yes I never knew there was a name for that fear before. Now I know, and I still can't say it, but I know it's there. It's like thalassophobia. <laughs> I'm drinking beer. I'm, I'm having myself a beverage while we're, we're chatting here. Uh, Rich is, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that scene was really great. So it's cool to hear that, you know, it was kind of inspired by a personal thing. And like Shane said, I think to a degree, everybody's kind of scared of the ocean. Like I yes. like going to the beach, but, mm-hmm. and it's not because of jaws like most people, but I'm not going to lie. When I used to go as a kid and I'd be kind of far out, like the first second, like a piece of seaweed brushed against my leg, I was tearing ass right out of those waves. Getting the fuck out of here, man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where it came from. I just always been afraid. I never was when I was a kid. When I was a kid, my dad and I used to go over the Oregon coast and swim in the ocean all the time. And, you know, I had no, no fear whatsoever. And I, somewhere along the way growing up, I developed what I consider a quite a healthy fear because fuck the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> ocean. 
fuck <laughs> it in its eye. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we went to uh, we went to Huntington Beach yeah, back in June. And me and my kids were out there, but we got, like, ankle deep in the water. Because so I'm like, fuck no, you guys aren't getting out there. Fuck no. Mama's crazy, and you ain't getting in that deep water. <laughs> yeah, but that, but uh, living in Oregon, too, has also taught me a lot about the ocean. Because a lot of bad shit happens even when you're just standing too close to it on the beach sometimes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, we have... You- some of that shit before I went on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably uh, shouldn't mention any of the stuff I was about to mention. <laughs> <laughs> mention it because if I go back, then I'll just I'll know. Like, well, we get uh we get pre- pretty bad, especially in the fall going into winter. We get some pretty bad sneaker waves, and it's like you'll be standing there, and the water will look just fine, and all of a sudden, a great big old wave will just reach up and grab your ass and pull you into the ocean. You know. Oh, oh. Yeah, and we we also have um, riptides that you can get caught in that uh, even if you're only knee deep, waist deep, they'll just yank your ass right out to sea. Holy crap. Wow. That totally just just made my fear of the ocean worse. (laughs) Nothing like scaring the guests, Shane. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It's what I'm here for. Next book. But kind of touching on one of Shane's points about Amelia and how you said she's like a real character on the other end of the spectrum. He's kind of a, he's just a bad dude. But uh, Byron, I think, is his name from those who yes. follow. I oh, thought it was yeah. interesting because, like you said, real people, he's super, super evil. But I kind of like that he had that duality in his real yeah. life where uh-huh. he tried to pretend like he was normal. Right. And that's what any good predator will do, you know? Try to pretend like he's normal and then, you know, kidnap a bitch, take her to the other world, <laughs> chain her up in a dilapidated church, fuck her up, murder her, you know? So. Yeah, but, but in the in the meantime, blend in with society and... Yeah. Yeah, I think with us, with Byron, we wanted to make him, like, an ultimate predator, you know? We wanted, like, people to, like, see him, you know, working and just think, oh, he's just a normal dude, you know? And they have no fucking idea, you know, what he's really, what he really is, what he can really do, you know? Yeah, like, like he's everybody's kind of every man, but uh, he's also a fucking monster. Yes. <laughs> I think those are the scariest kind of monsters, too, you know, the ones that everyone sees as just like the normal dude and they end up being a total, total monster. Absolutely. Uh, It's like Ted Bundy's gorgeous and dashing until he slits your fucking throat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that's why I never got it because, you know, I have tattoos or when I was younger, you know, I had green hair and shit. And it's like people would give you weird looks or think you're like a like an evil person, but it's like, bitch, if I was going to be like a serial killer, I wouldn't call attention to myself by having green hair and shit. You know, I'd look like all you normal motherfuckers so I could lure your children into my house and kill them. You know, exactly. Exactly. I get that all the time with the beard. Oh my God. I'm sure you do. Right. Scares the fuck out of people for some reason. Yeah. It's like ridiculous. And even my family is like, (laughs) they'll, 
do a double take in, anytime they see me, even though I've been this way for decades. Right. <laughs> You're like, hey guys, I haven't I haven't murdered anyone yet, or at least got caught for it. So you can just stop giving me the side eye, okay? <laughs> really, really, I get pissed off a lot, but I don't get violent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, people just have strange perceptions, like you know, getting back to your point that the perfect ne- person next door is just a perfectly normal person that you can trust to watch your house and you know maybe care for your kids if you're not around. Mm-hmm. Um, but that but that chick with the green hair and the tattoos, you need to stay away from that scumbag. She's what? dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> watch out for her. It's like shit, you know. It's like, do you think lions? You know, they're not walking around with like green hair. You know, they're trying to blend in. You know what I'm saying? Try to blend into their surroundings and shit. So it's like, come on, man. Exactly. It's the predator is a snake in the grass. Mm-hmm. And Byron's a perfect snake in the grass. Yeah. He's even got a hole to hide in. We added the little thing how he has a number for his wife, too, like just kind of a cutesy calls her, you know, by her number. But what she doesn't know is, you know, in the other world, all those bitches that he calls by their number are like his slaves and he tortures them. And it's just like that to us when we added that into the book, it was just kind of like, ooh, you know, this guy's a sick piece of shit, you know. And that was a that was a good terrifying little touch to that number on his wife because you you always felt whenever he was in her presence that she was in imminent danger herself. Right. Yes. So, mm-hmm. so there's always that crackling tension between him and her, even mm-hmm. when they're just you know basically having breakfast. Right. So sorry, I'm I lose my thoughts a lot. I'm my brain doesn't work real well. Totally. Um. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about, we talk to pretty much everybody who comes around, is that um, you hear a lot of people talk about the state of horror and, you know, that horror is dead or dying or, you know, what I mean, foundering. Um, do you, what is, what are your thoughts on the overall health of horror? Um, I think horror will never die. It'll never die. It's always going to be there. But the thing is, is a lot of people label it other shit because it's it's an easier way to sell something. Right. Like, you know, someone hands you a Josh Mailerman book and says, this is a thriller. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck you. It's a horror novel. Exactly. (laughs) And I get that. That's one of the things that Big Fives really pissed me off with that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all it is. And I don't give a fuck what label you're going to put on it. It's still horror. It's always going to be horror and it's always going to be around. You know what I mean? Call it whatever the fuck you want, bitches. This is horror. You know, we're not going anywhere. You know, our numbers are growing. (laughs) We are legion and we are coming for you. You know, exactly. Kind of having lived through the 70s and 80s, you know, which everyone calls the big boom and horror. Um it was a big boom. I, I will agree with that. But I can also say that horror right now is probably just as fucking strong. It's just not as strong with the big fives. They're afraid of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because you get books by Carolyn Kepnes and Paul Tremblay and jo- oh, Josh God, Mailerman. Yes. And they, uh-huh. mislabel, they mislabel those fuckers all the time. 
Yes, they do. I mean, (laughs) it's a damn damn shame, you know, that it's got to be labeled something else in order for it to be safe enough and marketable enough to sell to people. But, you know, the heart of it is still beating and it's always going to beat. You know what I mean? People are always going to want it. And that's kind of um, we and we can attribute a lot of the the um, lifeblood of the horror genre to to indie horror. The right. indies are the ones who 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 breathe life into it, you know, yeah. and breathe new creativity and new creatives on a on a regular that's basis. True. Yeah, keeping it alive, man. So yeah, you guys keep doing what you do because we fucking love you. You're damn right, bro. We don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So, (laughs) you know, we got some more stuff brewing. You know, it's kind of weird, too, about like how you guys are saying that the big fives are scared of horror is you would think it would be the opposite. Like most of the biggest granted their films, but some of the biggest films lately have been horror films, you know, like Get Out. Mm -hmm. Um you know, The Shape of Water, uh, Mallerman's Bird Box, it they're all yeah. smashing records, but nobody wants to be like, hey, this book's horror. It's, yeah. you know, a suspenseful thriller. Or, <laughs> yeah. <And> but, I, mean, <laughs> I don't why, see why they do that, you know, why? Yeah. I, that's why Hollywood hates Netflix, because Netflix calls horror fucking horror. Right. You know, um, they did with Bird Box. They've done it with Dark yeah. and with Black Spot and things like that. They call it what it is. Right. Um, but they're also extremely successful, and that scares them <laughs> really <Yes>. badly. <laughs> yes. I mean, just it was like a couple weeks ago, I think, <clears throat> I went to the Half Price Bookstore, and I couldn't find a horror section. That's stupid. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? I mean, literally, like, the last time I was in there, there was, like, horror. It said horror. You know, it was a little little section or whatever, but it was gone. And I'm uh, like, okay, they must have mixed it in with other shit because, you know, I know they didn't get rid of every fucking thing they had. Yeah, they don't. So. It's like the Barnes and Noble down the road from us is fucking huge. And they don't have a horror section. It's just dumb. And you find the horror books um, scattered around the store in the strangest of places, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you trying That's to hide funny, it on purpose? <laughs> Yeah, he's like, you're trying to hide this? I thought you wanted to sell it, because if you put it in a fucking horror section, it's going to sell. Exactly. He is a consumer. I want to buy that. I want to buy horror. Make a fucking section that says horror, and you're going to fucking sell it, you know? And that's the section that I dwell in when I go to the bookstore. If it's not there, I just walk right out the other door on the way through. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what the fuck? You know, it's just like, you know, if that's what people are looking for, they're going to fucking find it and buy it. You know, it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me, but exactly. Know. You know, if some fucking old lady that, you know, doesn't like horror, I mean, she won't even be in the horror section. It's not like she's going to wander into it and be like, oh, my God, look at all this horror. I'm never coming back. It's like, bitch. <laughs> that's, I, mean, that's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it has happened. Maybe oh. it has happened. Well, and, you know, good riddance to the fuckers then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it's say. funny though you uh like how we were saying how we've all been saying you know like independent horror seems to be like the lifeblood of the genre now it's kind of yeah. even the same with bookstores you know not everyone but uh like i've 
bug Shane every couple weeks about the stores I go to. And it seems like the only time you'll find a dedicated horror section is in like an indie bookstore. Like there's a couple I go and that it'll say right on there horror. (laughs) Right. Which I think is cool. Like Shane and I have beat this topic to death amongst ourselves, but I think it's cool that horror is like that you know i think last week when we were talking i said it's kind of like you know either the punk or hardcore metal genre because yeah yeah Mm -hmm. because everybody's out there you know doing their own thing and creating all this great stuff and it's like you know if you come up with a crazy ass monster novel you know, there's tons of independent presses that'll put it out. It's not like, you know, oh, well, we can't release this. There's tons of people out there that'll either help you release it or you can release it yourself. And that, to me, is one of the coolest things, I think, about, yeah. you know, horror literature. Right. Yeah. Just keeping it alive that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, like you were saying, there's you go to an indie record store or an underground record store or whatever, if you want to find like good metal or good punk rock or whatever. Cause if you walk into a fucking Best Buy, everything's under like the rock section. <laughs> you know yeah. what I, mean? I don't yeah. even think CDs anymore. Actually the last fucking Best Buy I walked into, it had like fucking a handful of fucking CDs. You couldn't find shit. It's like, what the fuck is this? What do you guys even sell in here? You know, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, I can't even tell you the last time I was in a Best Buy, but it seems like, like you said, like it's shrinking more and more. And that's why you either have to seek this stuff out or, you know, yeah. go to Amazon or something. But yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the coolest things about it. And um, kind of the transition into something else. I know you guys, you said you want to dip your toe into like all different types of horror and stuff. Is there anything? Is there any specific subgenre or like topic that you're really like I want to write a book about this and like you know like it's like your I guess you'd say like your dream project. Um well we've always wanted to write a werewolf book that is like an excellent werewolf book because werewolves are our favorite thing in the fucking world. But I refuse to start a story unless I know it's going to, like, do justice to how much I love werewolves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that kind of shit. And that's my favorite fucking subject in the world. Werewolves? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like like if you're going to write a werewolf horror novel, it it really has to be really fucking good. It's almost like we love it so much we're afraid to touch it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. There's just too many. I don't, you know, I'm not bagging on anyone. I won't say in particular any certain books or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just the market is flooded with, uh, you know, werewolves or shapeshifters and stuff. And if that's what you write, I'm not bagging on you. You know, rock on with your bad self. But what I'm saying is from our childhood, and I know it sounds weird to say that, but from our childhood, werewolves have been our absolute favorite monster we have read you know the montague summer books we you know what i mean just like everything we could get our hands on about werewolves and you know if they're real life accounts and all that shit you know when you're younger and you just want to absorb all of it so to me like i said it's like if i was to write a werewolf story i'm you know there's werewolves in 
the Twin Lakes books. But if I was going to dedicate an entire novel or something to writing a werewolf, oh, my God, it's got to be. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I can see why you'd be that way. Um, and you, you said something really interesting there just now to kind of um, branch off for a second. You said the Twin Lakes books, plural. Yes. Mm -hmm. What what the hell's up with that, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> we will be writing we will be writing at least one or two more books in that in that town in the town of Twin Lakes. That's I've heard so much good about that book and I'm so I feel so fucking guilty and um and I apologize I have not read that oh, book don't, yet. Don't don't feel guilty god there's so many books that come out every single day. I know you guys is TBR piles are freaking mountainous. They're probably the size of my house, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, don't feel guilty about that. We were really nervous, actually, when we released that book because the small town vibe and the, you know, there's magic. There's like a underground group of people that are, you know, been there for a long time, almost like some witchcraft and stuff going on. We were nervous about it because we're like the the blending of the tropes in this, you know, are people going to respond to it well? You know, because they were used to Mayan blue and they're used to those who follow like straight up brutality and shit. We're like, is this going to be, you know, what people want? And they did respond to it good. So we're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> so, hey, hey, we got away with that. Let's write Kingdom of Teeth. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> See, that's what the thing, though, is people need to know, like, we are some goofy broads. OK, we're fucking goofy, goofy bitches. So, like, there's certain things that, you know, we just have to write that is just straight up bizarre and, and goofy. And that was that was so much fun to write that book. I mean, that, I couldn't couldn't tell shows. you how much you loved it so much. That, that <laughs> shows, though, because I had so much fun reading that book. Yeah, we had to throw in some of our silly humor, like raunchiness to it and stuff. And that was so much fun. And we just love Rose for accepting that book and publishing it, you know. <laughs> uh, Rose, Rose rocks. She she yes. keeps that. She's the heart of that scene. Yes, yes, indeed. So. And a Portlander, of course. So of course she rocks. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> She's awesome. I yeah, I think um, it's kind of interesting. Um, how many books she has actually published and how successful a lot of those books are for her. I know. I know. You know, it's, and it, the, it, my bad. Oh, no, it's okay. I walked on you. Oh, no, no. I was going to say it shows, too, like the demand, you know, the demand for that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, I was, yeah, I was surprised by that when I started pushing Dangerous Later and, and some of Nick Day's more off the wall stuff yeah. and and people responded to it people oh, took, yeah. took the suggestions they read it and said give me more right they're like oh man i need to read that yeah yeah get rid of the box let's let's just fucking play in the water a little bit right and, um that's that's what that's what's good about you guys and the way you the way you bounce in different directions and like you say you want to write everything and so, right. er, so everything that you put out is different from everything you did before. 
Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. I mean, we just feel this need. Like I said, I don't know what it is in our brains. We both have it. I think we got it from our dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's just like, I just feel the need to just like tell so many things. You know, there's so many things that connect in my brain, just weird things. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, let's write about that. Okay. Hopefully someone publishes this. <laughs> <laughs> but if they don't, as long as it's fun and you didn't bleed too much. Yes. See, yeah, that's what it's all about. Well, you know, making a living would be nice too, but yes, it would. I wouldn't turn that down at all. <laughs> but do you also kind of check off some bucket list items along the way of doing that job? You know, same as what we do. I mean, you worked with Chismar and Keen, and I'm oh, jealous yeah. as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was like a dream come true, man. I can't even tell you how excited we were when, you know, we got the the email saying, oh, yeah, you guys are going to be a part of the team. We're just like, oh, my God, are you fucking serious? You're fucking with me right now. <laughs> I'm serious, man. <laughs> so, and then when we got there the first day, I was just like, oh, my God. I thought I was going to die. Like, the night before, I couldn't sleep. I thought I was going to puke. I was, like, so nervous. But Brian and Rich... And, of course, Steven Kozanewski, those guys are just the coolest, you know. So we worked really well together. Hopefully one day we'll get to write with those dudes again. Yeah, they seem like real people. We had a lot of fun. I'll just say that. We had a lot of fun with those dudes. We could just be our goofy selves, you know. Like I said, we're we're silly bitches. We're goofy broads, you know. So yeah, when, you uh, Sorry. No, that's okay. When, you know, we'd be talking to Steven or something, he's just like, just as goofy as us. So we're like, oh, oh yes, yes, our kind, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's, that, helps, that helps make you a little bit more comfortable in a situation that could be really uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I know we, I think we interviewed you guys, or I can't remember if I did it for Ink Heist or my old blog, but I know we interviewed you about that, uh, about that particular project. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know, because I, I don't know if it's going to continue, like, is there going to be other Silverwoods, or are you guys going to do something like that where you all get together again, or? Um, I don't know. That's kind of up in the air right now. So maybe if it happens again, we'll have more information. Gotcha. Yeah. Because uh, I, I think that, like, I think that format is really cool. And, um, like, that format and even what John Taff is doing with his book, The Fearing, like, this kind of serial oh, yeah. Oh, format. Yes. I think that's really cool. And, is that something like even if it wasn't necessarily, you know, that particular project, is that something you guys would want to do with your own work or? A hundred percent. I think the the serials. Oh, my God. It was so much fun to write like that because it's almost like how we write now. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's just yeah. like a burst like, oh, let's do this. Oh, this scene and this scene. And, and it just fit us so perfectly. We're like, oh, my God, this is feels so natural. You know what I mean? And I think the audience really, really likes reading like that, too. So, oh, definitely, 100%. If we'll either try that ourselves or if we get an opportunity to write like that again, we will. 
I love that format. It's something I've I didn't I didn't really know anything about it. I hadn't read anything like it until the Green Mile. And then the Green Mile hit and I it just made me crave that sort of, you know, episodic um nightmare. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I I'm the same way. Like I didn't I've read some stuff like that, but I didn't realize how much I missed it until I read some of these more recent serial formats. So here's a question. Are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm helping my son in the bathroom. (laughs) She's off making a cocktail. Hang on. (laughs) Yes, don't worry about it. (laughs) So if, if, let's say, if Mayan Blues became a movie who would direct it oh geez uh i don't know man i have a pick do you have a pick is it guillermo del toro (laughs) oh that's that would be a great one too yeah Yeah. i would i would think uh someone you can't have probably but um dario argento oh my god well yeah that would have been that would have been a dream I picture his use of color and and your use of color in Mayan Blues, and it's like, that'd be fucking amazing. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> that'd be like a freaking dream, dude. Or the guys who did Spring, what are their names, Rich? Oh, uh, oh I yeah. just know their last names, uh, Benson and Moorhead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be down for that. Anyone listening, you know, you can go ahead and make Mayan Blue into a movie. Hint, hint. <laughs> And those who follow and Twin those Lakes. Who follow. I said Twin <laughs> yeah. Lakes. Those and would all make excellent movies, but especially like I think they would all be great movies, but especially Mayan Blue, like that whole underworld and like oh. you know, all the Mayan gods. That could be a very yeah. like, scary, scary movie. I would be like totally over the moon if anybody ever made that into a movie. It's funny because I. I always tell everyone, basically, but especially Shane, I'm like, I wish instead of, like, all these reboots of franchises that they would do, like, you know, they would reach out to horror writers and be like, hey, can we adapt your stuff? Yeah. Like, I mean, Creepshow, the success of Bird Box, like, there's so many great horror stories out there, but instead we get, like, you know, Child's Play 25. Exactly. Not not to crap on that franchise for people who like it, but, you know. Uh, Rich and I have a theory about that series, though. Oh, I hate Child's Play. It's like, why the the fuck would you be afraid of something you can dropkick into the next county? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's funny because my son, he was showing me, like, the preview for that one, and they looked like robotic or something, right? The new Child's Play. And he was like, what is this? I'm like, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> what it is is something that should have died a long time ago. <laughs> they did is what it is. Exactly. I'm sorry. My son, he was like, first he wanted me to take me to go pee. Then he's like, I want Kool-Aid. He's trying to whisper, I want Kool-Aid. It's like, just, just, okay, you'll get your Kool-Aid in a minute, yo. Okay. You know what, though? If you can mom and write and work and oh, do yeah. everything you do, you're my fucking hero. Oh, sayings, brother. You know, it's it is kind of hard, but it's just like you know, you just you just get your ass in the seat in the chair and write. You know, 
Luckily, my two sons, my oldest son is going to be 13, <clears throat> and my younger one is seven. So they play good. You know what I mean? My sister's daughter, <laughs> she's only five. So sometimes she's more demanding. You know what I mean? But my sons are at the age now where it's like, mommy's going to write. You guys, you know, hang out, you know, play with your stormtroopers and shit, and I'm going to write. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> But even before that, though, my office, I've told people a hundred times because <clears throat> everyone has, you know, writing offices and stuff. I'm like, my office was my couch, my car, uh, everywhere, you know, <laughs> just trying to take care of my kids and having my laptop with me and then just doing whatever the fuck I could, you know, in my spare time. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, it's life is so much work without without adding the writing and the kids and you know, and I think you you also work a job, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I That's, work during the day. I am an instructional assistant in a self-contained autism classroom for children in kindergarten and first grade. Right on, right on. See, you're even more my hero now. Thank you. <laughs> so, yes, I'm lucky, though. It's at the same school that my youngest son attends. So I'll be in my classroom and he'll be in his room and I'll get to see him at lunch and, you know, embarrass the shit out of him from across the courtyard. Like, it's mom. Hey, how are you, son? You know, and he's like looking away like he didn't hear me. And <laughs> uh, Yeah, that's a you hit a certain age and it, don't talk to me, mom. Exactly. <laughs> Not in front of my friends. What the hell's wrong with you? They'll know I have a mother. Yeah. Come on, mom. Please. <laughs> But, yeah, I've always been, you know, I don't know, I have to keep busy. So, you know, I get home and I just, you know, get behind the computer whenever I can and type type out some words, whatever we're working on. And I know Melissa does the same thing. Right now, I know her, I think her, her computer died, but she has a, oh, what is those things? <clears throat> the Alpha Smart. Oh, yeah. It's a word processor, that little thing that you type on, and then she comes and hooks it to my laptop, or she hooks it to my, my computer, and we input the words into our our uh, our files and shit, and we just do keep what, going. Do what you have to do. Yep. Do that what you got to do. That device fascinates me. As someone with, with uh, extreme ADHD, I always think, God, I might be so much more productive if I just got one of those little devices and got the fuck away from my computer. Yeah, I think it has. I used one for a long time, and then my husband got me this, like, little laptop thing. But seriously, there's no fucking distractions, you know? I think we wrote, like, almost all of Tapetum Lucidum on one of those fucking things. Nice, nice. Yeah. And I think, uh, like, um, I think... Max Booth. Do you know who Max Booth is? Yes. I think I think I think he does his writing on one of those too or something like it. Yeah, I've seen a couple people that uh post that they have one. I think maybe Jessica McHugh, she said I think she was getting one too. So Which which would be good for her cuz she writes in bars a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like no distraction, very easy, just get down to business. We used to do a lot of handwriting, too. Sometimes I still write by hand, like if I feel, like, blocked or whatever. For some reason, writing by hand helps my words come out. I don't know why. 
maybe it kind of makes you slow down and and process shit in the back of your mind i think so so uh yeah i i um don't as much as i used to i used to do all my writing on paper and then transcribe it to the computer Mm -hmm. and then i got older and i got lazy (laughs) <laughs> like, like what the hell are you doing that for dude the computer's right there <laughs> yeah yeah oh. once i started my day job like last year <clears throat> when i started my day job i was like well you know what i can't do all this handwriting shit unless it's like absolutely like i'm sitting at work and have an idea and have nothing else you know what i mean because writing like that and then typing it out and shit it's like writing it like four times (laughs) yeah i don't do it the only writing i do by hand is like if i'm on a bus or a train and i get an idea for a poem or something i'll sit there and scribble out the idea real quick so it's there when i go home yeah but i won't write it there i'm too lazy for that (laughs) (laughs) it's funny you say that like mine's not laziness but like i i'll type notes in my phone because man my handwriting is atrocious. Like some of <laughs> some of my review notes, like I'll write all the notes out, and then when I go to write the review, I read it back. I can't even read it, and I'm the one that wrote it. Uh, Google is your friend, though. <laughs> yeah. It's like when I'm walking down the street because I walk a lot, um, and something comes to my mind while I'm walking around wherever. Um, I pull my phone out and say, "Okay, Google, take a note for me." <laughs> oh, yeah and it, and it takes the note and then i go home and listen to my stupid mr rogers voice and, <laughs> and move that shit over <laughs> oh, i'm so glad that made its way in. <laughs> i can't i can't i'm not sure if i if i despise brennan lafaro for coming up with that or if i love him for it i would i would say love embrace it i would yeah. embrace it Fuck yeah. I don't have a choice at this point in time because everybody <laughs> else just did. <laughs> Sometimes it's like you guys with your uh, the Sisters of Slaughter. I'm sure that was yeah. just something that that flew yep. off of someone's tongue and they went, ooh, I like that. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Like, we're just joking around one day on Facebook. I can't remember. And people are like, oh, you guys need a nickname. And they started, people started throwing shit out. And our one buddy was like, you guys are the sisters of slaughter. And we're like, well, that sticks. Yeah, speak no more. (laughs) That's going. We're going to run with that. (laughs) That was something I was always interested in when I I first uh, digitally met you guys. Mm -hmm. I I was always interested in if somebody else coined that and it bothered you or if that was something you were complicit in and you were cool with it, you know, cause oh, some, yeah. some people do get bothered by nicknames and things like yeah. that. No, we were cool with it. We we're like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, let's just go with it. I'm pretty, you know, we pretty much go with the flow, pretty easy going. Like I said, just goofy people, you know what I mean? We don't take ourselves very seriously most of the time you know it's either like if if i'm friends with you i'm just a goofy goofy broad you know what i'm saying but on the other hand if you if you're like a stranger and you try to like piss me off then we're gonna have a big old problem (laughs) you know what i mean but yeah people you know i just prefer i approach everyone in a friend yeah as a friend first you know just friendly manner that's how I roll too, unless I can tell right off the bat that you're a dick, and then I'll try to right. ignore you. Yeah, but, I'll try to ignore. 
And then when that doesn't that doesn't happen, then I'm like super bitch, like what the fuck, motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, but then the other side of that, like you say, that the Jekyll to the Hyde is is that I'm goofy as fuck. Yeah. And you know, I mean, Rich has experienced my goofy, and I think I almost killed him with it once. <laughs> yeah, last week. Yeah, last week. <laughs> what was the, how? How did you? What did you? I because I want to make sure I get it right. What did you classify those laughs where you're like laughing so hard that you oh. like can't breathe and it's like a wheezing, and then you like finally are like, huh? Donkey laughs. Yeah. Donkey laughs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I've had some of those. Yeah, last week that that's all I did was do that. Where you're laughing so hard that just a wheeze comes out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Donkey laughs. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that to go back to the nickname, that thing was so cool. And just out of curiosity, I know you guys had those those shirts. And yes. that design even is really cool. Who who designed that for you guys? It was a dude out here named Eric. He works with uh, Blackwood Graphics. <clears throat> what it is is he makes shirts for a lot of the underground like local bands. So we went to him because you know we've always wanted to be in a band, but we have no musical talent. <laughs> So. I'm in the same boat there. Hey, I, I've been in several bands and I have no musical talent, so <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Seriously, one of these days. I'm going to do it. But yeah, we had no musical talent, so we're just like, we want this to look like a fucking crusty ass metal band uh, logo. And he did it for us. So we're like, oh, fuck yeah, dude, that suits us perfectly. <laughs> Yeah, I I think those are cool. I I'd still have to get one. I always forget that they're out there. <laughs> I have one. Okay, this is what happened. We did it like the band way first. We um had them made and I had them stored in my closet. So I have one that's large and one that's small. Those are the last of like the the original run of shirts. Now we have them on Amazon, but I don't know. I don't know the quality of those. Oh, if you're look if you're looking to unload the large, I'll have to send you a message afterward because I would I'd like to grab one from you. Sure, dude. You can have it for free. Oh no, that's all right. <laughs> I'll I'll pay you for it. Okay. But yeah, I'll send you a message after. I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> okay, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to cut you off, Shane. <laughs> oh no, you, that's okay. Do I we just have. Thought. I muted my mic and hit my vape for a few minutes. So. <laughs> oh, it's all good. I'm smoking too, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. So I'm not smoking nicotine though. No. <laughs> we'll be smoking that later, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of kind of my life. <laughs> yeah. Hey, not it's really. <laughs> usually, usually I don't get stoned while we do these unless I'm really super comfortable with whoever I'm talking to. And well. So I far, compliments. So far, that's been you, uh, Rich, when we did our solo episode, and um, Josh Mailerman. I was stoned on all three of those, and oh, and then on the last one, on the last one, you can tell I was stoned as fuck. I was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we should create like a trivia game where at, when we release every episode, we'll ask people, "Was Shane high on this one?" Was or no? Shane high? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, the first person to answer correctly wins. <laughs> oh God, sorry, sorry. I somehow got my cord, my mic cord in my pocket, and I couldn't get my head up. <laughs> there goes the donkey laugh. <laughs> donkey laugh. But yeah, just out of curiosity, um, to kind of go back to your guys's writing. Besides yeah. horror, is there any other genres you guys would want to try writing, or are you pretty well, much about just horror? We have written sci-fi. We were in like a sci-fi box set uh, a couple years ago that sold really well. And but you know, I say it's sci-fi, but it had like fucking aliens ripping people's spines out and shit. So <laughs> I remember that set. I think I might even have it. Yeah. So, I don't know. That one's, uh, I think it's no longer available, so maybe we'll have to re-release that somewhere. Hint, hint, anyone listening, do you want a dark sci-fi story? Contact hey. me. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, all, all you agents and editors out there, Michelle's yep. got a bunch of fucking ideas for you. <laughs> yes. My brain is just bouncing all around all the time, so I now, have a billion things. I know you have children in a life, and we'll try not to keep you too much longer, but um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> See, that's the fun with these interviews, is you never know what's going to happen. Like, I was, I was waiting, I was riveted to hear what he was going to say. Yeah. Oh, oh man, I was leading up to something really fucking important too. <laughs> it sounded that way. Oh, I yeah. Now it pops back in. This is how my brain works because ADHD sucks. Um, are you and Melissa are, and just because I'm fascinated by this, I'm not a stalker or anything. You guys are identical, right? Yes. Yeah. Identical yeah. twins. Who's older? I think you told me this once before. She is. Yeah. By three minutes, but it's weird because she was born at 11.59 and I was born at like 12.02. So our birthdays are technically different days. Oh, that's weird. That is bizarre. <laughs> yeah. So like the kids in school were like, oh, my God, what happened? Did your mom like have her and then wait 24 hours and have you? I'm like, no, that's not what happened at all. <laughs> Wouldn't that fucking suck, huh? Yeah, her that in those times, yeah. So, but yes, we are identical twins, except I have more tattoos than she does. <laughs> I think about, when I think about that, though, when I think about the bond of twins, you know, because there is kind of a semi-freaky bond between most twins that other yes. siblings don't share. Yes. And it, it seems like that would really 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 inform your writing in a pretty big way yeah i think it does i mean with those who follow that's why we wanted to kind of touch on the twin sister thing uh even with them not realizing it because it's just like there is those weird times when it's like you show up at like a family gathering and you're basically wearing the same clothes and you never talked <laughs> you didn't like plan it or anything you know what i mean and everyone's going, oh, isn't that cute? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think 
and with us too. I mean, it was, I don't know. I think with our writing, it's a form of connecting with people because when you grow up with a twin and you're close, like we, me and Melissa are, you're born with a best friend. And sometimes you don't feel the need to really socialize with people or reach out or make a friend with someone because you already have a best friend, you know? And that's kind so, of when, yeah. when I was in high school, there were two sets of twins in the first high school I went to. Um, and they, they tended to be not unfriendly, but aloof. Yeah, totally. And you know, that's happened to us so much in our life. And it's just like, I didn't want people to think like we were cold or we didn't care about them. But at the same time, it's like, you just have this weird bond already. You're already best friends. You know what I mean? So it was yeah. like, and then, like I said, as we got older, I think sometimes or you know, with our writing and stuff, it's almost like I want to make a connection with people, but sometimes from a distance, I, I don't know how to explain it. Other than that, it's weird. I, yeah, as someone who suffers from social anxiety, I understand totally. And you know because. what? Yeah. I think with us growing up and already having a best friend, it kind of just set us off to be socially kind of awkward. You know what I mean? With, when people meet me, I'm either like very quiet because I'm like, I don't know what to say or to do. I'm either that or I'm like this person that's just like trying to be like, oh, you know, like so weird can, you know, just make you feel so comfortable because I'm I don't know how to socialize with people. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, that's me. Unless unless I'm drinking, I have a hard time socializing outside yeah. of outside of my home. Right. Um, and but it's really easy for me, you know, like this, what we're yeah. doing right now is super easy for me. And I tend to be an extrovert. And it's super easy for me when I'm writing, you know, chatting with someone. Um, But then I go out in public and and I have to meet someone I don't know and talk to them and interact with them. And it's like, fuck this. I'm going to go home with a stone. Right. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I relate to that pretty heavily, too. Yes. (laughs) So um, real quick, and then I promise I will say goodnight and let you go live your life. Um. Anything exciting on the horizon we should know about? Um, other than the release of Tapitum Lucidum and right. Isolation, we're just plugging away at, you know, other projects and stuff like that. Just hoping to get more stuff out there, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just that. <laughs> you know what, Rich? I think she just told me that it's none of my fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Shane. Damn it, damn it, Keeney. It's not your business. <laughs> Keeney. <laughs> um, I don't think that's funny at all, by the way. <laughs> I'm kidding. Mostly. I, say, I can tell by the donkey laugh, but it is funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am super excited to finish isolation. I'm uh just totally totally jazzed about tapitum lucidum yes um monsters are my favorite thing in the world any kind of monster no matter what it is you know even if even if you can't see it if it's a monster um i'm i'm instantly in love if it's done well so that book just excites the hell out of me 
And it shit uh, everybody else because it's written by the Sisters of Slaughter and they rock. Oh, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. And it's just the truth. Um, Rich, anything else? No, just same as you. Excited. Well, I've read Isolation, but uh, I'm excited to start tapping them too. I, I, I want to say that I will. I want to read it right away, but I think I want to save it for like the Halloween season. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Be uh, good. yeah, that's kind of cool. That's kind of we already talked about it releasing then. Um, and I probably will have to save it till the Halloween season because I'm so fucking buried. I won't get to it before then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be perfect timing then. <laughs> so, um, well, then I guess we'll let you go, Michelle. And uh, I really, 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 really love you for coming on on such short notice. Hey, man, um, anytime. I had I'm a fucking a, great time. I, I'm a fucking psycho. And it's like. <laughs> it's like Rich is like, oh no, that's way too short a notice. You can try if you want to. Like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> anytime, guys. I will be on anytime. I appreciate it. I'd like we'd like to have you come back and be a guest host someday. I think that yes, would rock. Definitely that would be awesome. So we will get in touch with you about that at some point. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Uh thank you, yeah, Michelle. Thank you. you have a good night and tell Melissa hello and we love her too. I will. Thank you so much. You guys have a good night. All right. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye.